Uh, you're all very welcome. I'm Derek Wilty from Today FM. You're all very welcome to our event, Your Journey Home, with thanks to EBS, the mortgage people. This is the closest I will ever get in my life to doing a TED Talk. So if you <laughs> can tag me on Instagram, at Derek Wilty, saying, well, really solid financial advice from Derek Wilty. That would help me greatly. Uh, on stage with me is Naomi from EBS. Round of applause, please, for Naomi. <laughs> And Shay is here uh, as well, and um, we're going to be taking questions from you guys. If you want to ask them anonymously, it's no problem. We've set up an email address. It's yourhomeattodayfm.com. That is being uh, monitored. We're going to do a Q&A at the end. We have a lot of questions already from you guys, but if you think of something or want to back-reference later on what the guys are talking about, <laughs> you can just do it from your phone, yourhomeattodayfm.com, and that is... Uh, being monitored. Guys, thanks so much for your time today. I'd like to start with you, Naomi, if you wouldn't mind. Can you just tell us a little bit about what you do at EBS? Yes, yeah, If yeah. that's okay. You can yeah. put the microphone I, right into I, your Actually, mouth I was going to say award-winning mortgage master, but... Are I'm you? Not, no, no, no. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> I am tonight. That would be cool. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> um, yeah, my name is Naomi Battle. Um, I'm working with EBS long number of years. Um, worked with a previous lender before that for about 10 years. So I have lots of experience on the underwriting side as well as the mortgage side. Um, but I sound like I'm 90 now when I say that. I say that I have 20 years experience, <laughs> but... Um, not that old but um yeah um we're so passionate about what we do um and it's an amazing journey it's an emotional journey for the customers i suppose even when they're thinking about buying their first home and the whole mortgage process can seem so daunting and challenging uh, and there is a huge emotional uh, attachment to it as well but um we're so passionate about what we do um but um yeah we absolutely love it and we just love taking customers through the journey from that very first phone call or online inquiry right through until you get your keys so yeah we yeah, love it it's quite a personal experience and uh, Shay Lally from House to Restore you have a lot of Instagram followers I do. you make stuff very accessible um, from just talking directly uh, with people can you tell us a little bit about uh, House to Restore and what it is yeah 100% I came up with a concept years ago for Houses to Restore but I never acted upon it and uh, during the COVID lockdown I was just bored at home one day and I said you know what like fuck it I'm just going to set up Houses to Restore, an Instagram page. And I literally thought I'd get a couple of hundred followers and it just kind of totally blew up, like, and it was just insane. So um, it kind of started out with me literally putting up properties that I just saw on my home.e that I liked, but I'm actually a quantity surveyor as well. And just kind of for the crack more so for my own entertainment, I'd be kind of thinking, okay, how much will it cost to refurbish that house, whatever. So I just began to put all those costs into captions and stuff and it just, the whole thing just sort of blew up. So I began to offer then some consultancy services through the page and then that's turned into me refer houses for people so yeah the last three years have just been mad and then obviously great opportunities like this to come along here and all that sort of stuff you know yeah i mean they're two different very specific different areas because you you have the new build and we have oh, it's a real fixer-upper <laughs> yeah you know is it a fixer-upper like or is it all gonna fall apart when we buy it but anyway let's start with the mortgage um and naomi i suppose it's the big question is the savings account yeah you know there a down payment is needed yeah, 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 yeah. You know, um, if you win the cash machine, can you just go to EBS <laughs> yeah. and go, hey, I won 50 yeah, grand. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Keep Talk to me it, a yeah, little bit yeah. about, like, um, how to save appropriately. How to enter into the cash machine. Yeah. <laughs> just in your eyes, when, when you're looking at savings, how, how, yeah, do, you, how yeah, do you navigate yeah. that? Where should we um, begin? And I suppose that's... Um, where we start on the initial process, I suppose, um, or journey really, because it is a journey and it can take anything from six to 12 months. Um, we would definitely recommend that, you know, from 
the minute you know you even think about I'd like to buy a home um, or I'd like to build a home is to come and talk to us as early as possible because at least that way and there's there's a lot out there in terms of what is mortgage ready or how do I know if I'm mortgage ready You'll only know by coming in and chatting to us, like sit down and chat with us. Um, but um, you're saying even before you have yeah, any sort of down payment. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't even go and engage with a sales wow. agent, anything until, you know, the big thing is, I suppose, how much can I borrow? You know, that's what people really want to know is how much can I borrow? Um, and I suppose we need to be realistic in terms of that too. Um, and we do all operate. And I don't want to sound like banky jargon here, like, but we do operate under central bank lines and there are different rules. Um, for first time buyers you know like you can borrow up to four times and sometimes a little bit more than that as well um, but the big thing I suppose is the planning meeting and I have to say I absolutely love them because you know if you, if you sit down and meet with myself or any of my peers you know and we, we put a plan in place so that we get your mortgage ready so what does mortgage ready mean like you know so in terms of like really like initially we'd be asking you a couple of questions like you know like income stream and the savings piece is obviously key as well the savings piece there's there's while it's you know it's easy to say okay uh, do I need to save every month um do I have to have my 10% deposit? Um, the But the savings piece, like, and I know there was a question there that we were looking at earlier, <clears throat> and it's it's really around, like, you know, uh, what the bank wants to see is, can you afford the level of mortgage? You know, that's the big thing, I suppose. Um, and what that means is that, have, I, have you been paying rent and at what level? So just say, for example, like your proposed mortgage repayments would be about 1500 euros a month you'd need to be showing that you're either saving at that level a little bit more or renting at that level for the last typically six to twelve months like um like there's a lot of meetings that i'd have and actually a, a lovely a lovely couple that actually they were the first couple in their in the new development uh, they actually just got keys last friday and uh, but i met them in january do you know, so what I'm saying is months. that, yeah, like, yeah. and I'm not saying it can take that long because you could sit down and you, and we, you know, we'd have a conversation and say, okay, what's your income? Where do you want to live? How much do you want to borrow? That's typically it. Like the savings piece, while it is key, like, and I suppose it's probably a sign of where we're at at the minute, like rents are very high. So I'm paying a lot in rent, but I can't afford to save. Like, do you know, so where does my deposit come from? So they are kind of questions that we would talk to you about as well. Like there are options out there in terms of savings. Like, you know, is, have we any family members? Like I certainly don't, but have we any family members that would be able to help us out? But okay. you would see that, like, you know, where parents do really want to help, you know, um, and help to buy, obviously, you know, that that's there as well. But we can we can talk to you about that. Uh, and then in regard to that for you, Shay, can you, if you're working with people, can, can you take 50 grand out of the mortgage and put it into restoring or how does that work for... Yeah, like but a lot of people I think are actually just using savings for doing the refurbishment work and it's mad like at the moment some of the people you're meeting are really struggling other people have loads of money like I met a young couple there and they bought a house for cash absolutely <laughs> mental We don't want to talk to them <laughs> yeah, Unless they want to borrow to go up the house yeah. <laughs> And then they're using the, the grant though to get the 50 or the 70,000 euro and yeah, they're yeah, availing yeah, of that to do the work so it just depends and the only challenge with the grant is though is that you have to have the money there to finance that and then you get it back at the end so it's 
Yeah, so a lot of people time. are doing refurbs from, from their own savings. And you said the grant. Yeah. As if everyone in the room is like, yeah, the grant. <laughs> Just the, so you got to get the, we know the, the grant, grant email. <laughs> There's a Creconia grant and you can get 50 or 70,000 euro towards... Say that slowly, Creconia? So it's called Creconia. It's a vacant and derelict homes grant. So if the house has been vacant for two years or more, you can get 50,000 euro towards the renovation costs. And then if it's derelict if it's deemed to be derelict you can get up to 70,000 euros now that sounds ominous yeah. this just means if somebody hasn't been living there yes so it, would that be a property where maybe uh, an owner has passed away yeah and it hasn't been sold or exactly yeah you, maybe someone has been in a nursing home or something like that you know? yeah and is that quite common yeah, I think it's. I think more, it's lo- like more rural, say, yeah, a lot yeah. more rural. But um, it was like a lot of you guys might be looking into it at the moment if you're if you're at that stage. But I think it was slow to kind of roll out. But it seems to be kind of getting building a bit of momentum now. You know, it was slow when it first got launched. And is it means tested uh, for a no. grant? Like no, no, I think you have to have tax clearance. Okay, that sort of thing. You know, but it's not means tested. No, so there's obviously no grant on on, on buying a brand brand new property so i mean if we're if we're going for the new house um why start your journey with ebs um well i suppose whether it's very you're, confusing out there <laughs> yeah it is yeah 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 and it can be overwhelming you know and i suppose the the, the big thing i'd say especially for you know first-time buyers is that is um you know like uh, just take a step back and you know do slowly don't rush into anything um but and it, it kind of goes back to what I was saying initially, like just about the plan of meeting, like if you just sit down and figure out and say, OK, how much can I borrow and what's realistic, you know, um, because, you know, it, it's it's gas because, you know, I'd, I'm, I'm based in Kildare, but I'd meet people or talk to people all over the country. But um, I'm actually from the Midlands. Not that my accent gives it away or anything, but <laughs> I know about the Royal Grants <laughs> and the self builds and that as well. Like, But. <laughs> You know, you could have a couple depending on where they're buying, like, because I suppose what COVID I found definitely did was that it evolved. A lot of people were working from home. So I've seen a huge amount of people like buying, you know, um, back to where they came from, I suppose, originally. Like, you know, I can't afford to buy in Dublin. What are my other what are my other options like? But I can work remotely. Like, so that's 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 key as well. Like, you know, in terms of affordability, like, so I think some people probably have to compromise to say, okay, well, you know, I think a lot of it really is driven from like location, I suppose, where like how accessible is it to get to work? Uh, where are my family? Where are my friends? Like, you know, that that sort of piece as well. I've gone off on something else now. Well, no, you haven't. And I'm presuming, <laughs> I'm presuming that you want to give people a mortgage. Oh, absolutely. You're not yeah. luring them into an office to catch them out and go, ha, look at this. <laughs> Paddy Power, 2011. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> It, it, is it? Does that matter? It's things like what's on your bank account, <laughs> what your job is. But, but you know, these are questions that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're probably like uh, it's and it's terrible because as I said, I'm not. I don't want to get into banking jargon here. Like, but they're you know, I suppose. Unfortunately, we need to. <laughs> yeah, I know, but just in terms of keeping it simple, that it's you know that we it's a language. I'm speaking a language that we can all understand. I suppose for 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 first and especially when this is completely new to you. You know. Um, but I suppose the whole piece around uh, like bank statements, typically we look at, you know, like six months, OK, minimum six months. Um, and like what, what does that look like? I suppose and really what the bank wants to see is that, you know, if you're paying rent or if you're saving at a certain level um, that you're it's not causing pressure on your current account. Like so no unpaid, no referrals, just that the account is managed well, really, is what 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 a lender would work, what definitely what we would want to see. 
um, like, you know, Paddy Power, um, betting online. Um, what about like nights out? Oh, yeah. No. Does that like, matter? No, like the once dean, I suppose you're in the dean yeah. four nights a week. <laughs> Does that matter? Uh, or when you, know, you say stop, it's, it's, you know, uh, stop gambling and drinking, yeah. come back in six months, <laughs> right? Yeah, but if it's not causing pressure or stress, sure, like yeah. you know, I mean, nobody can tell you what to spend your money on, you know. And I suppose you have to kind of prioritize to say. Um, okay, I need to save X every month. Like, so what does that mean? Like, but I'd always say, um, do you know, if you've like, uh, like the typically would be like where I'd have, might have a customer and say, I'm saving a thousand a month. And I'm like, oh, that's great. And I'm renting at 500. Okay, that's great. And the savings account could come in and it might look like, okay, I'm putting a thousand in, but I'm taking five, 600 euro back out. So technically, you know, you're, you're not saving. Do you know what I did though years ago, that plan of meeting, I went to the EBS years ago and I did that plan of meeting and it was brilliant. Like the best thing I've actually ever done to be completely honest. And I'm not just saying that because this is an EBS event. Very coincidental that. that (laughs) (laughs) But He's not paid, he's not paid. uh, But I set up like a regular savers account that I couldn't access. So as a result, I think it was like 30 day access. I I forget the exact product, but I literally put a thousand quid into it every single month. And it was great. And I never went near it. I think if you nearly make it awkward for yourself, like you're either disciplined to say, okay, well, that's for that and that's it. Yeah. And you just got used to the money going out. And then I kind of felt, okay, when I get a mortgage, I'm going to be used to that money going out. And it just. Yeah. When you Ah. don't have it, I think, you know. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But if if you, if you like, I suppose just for transparency as well is that if it's because some people, you know, they'd have a separate savings account, like, and that works really well. And they say, okay, well, that's for the mortgage and I don't touch it. And that's it, you know. Um, Some people will say I don't want more accounts like I just want to save in my current account like so we'd have a look at an average like of what six months would look like do you know but um, typically I'd say you know when you're saving you're saving and set it aside and don't touch it but once you're not saving over and above that it puts pressure on your current account because then if you were looking at it from we'll say a credit perspective then it looks like I can't actually afford that because it's putting pressure on my accounts and my direct debits are going unpaid Mm. or if I have a standing order, you know, that's been returned, like, but, or Paddy Power, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but I always say, like, you know, it's not, it's not for, you know, you, you spend your own money on what you can't go in. You can't come in and sit down in front of me and I'd say, well, you can't buy that or you can't spend that. Like, that's not, that's not what we're about. We're about giving advice and getting people ready, you know, to buy the first home. Because like, mm-hmm. it is, I suppose, you know, I always say it's the biggest financial commitment that you're going to have. You know, it's in the biggest financial undertaking that you make, you know, and I suppose, uh, you know, if you, when you think about it, typically, you know, you're thinking anything between 25 and 35 years. Do you know that's what, what what you're looking at? Like, so I suppose from the bank lend, and if you're coming in looking for three or four hundred thousand, they have to be sure that okay, well, they've shown that they can actually afford to pay this back. You know? And for Shay, in the you know in the scenario where we, you know we bought something, we're a fixer upper, like we talked about. Are there specific areas that are to be prioritized? Is it case by case? With a house. I'd Some things that, you know, <coughs> yeah. bathroom or the obvious stuff, like have in your experience. Yeah, I get the house like wetter tight. Like if you have a leaking roof or stuff like that or dampness, I'd get all that sorted before I'd start anything else. Then I'd look at like rewiring or replumbing it and putting in a new heating system if those things were needed. Uh, retrofitting is obviously huge. Like a lot of houses, fixer-uppers, they have really low BRs and that sort of thing. So the attic will need to be insulated. The walls will need to be insulated again, like a really efficient heating system, new windows, new doors. And then you'd kind of get onto the more decorative stuff, you know. And because things are just so expensive now at the moment, like from, I suppose, a refurbishment to construction perspective, a lot of people are just doing the work in, in, in phases and they're kind of getting things to a builder's finish where the time 
tile mightn't even be floored and they're just moving in because they don't have any money, any more money to keep going. And is and that in any way reflected in the, in the price? When you're buying the property. Yeah, or is it yeah. just, this is, you know, like it can, this is it tearing your, you know? Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No, absolutely, yeah. It just depends on how many people are interested in the house. And you know yourself, like, there's bid wars and, and things just go up. And, yeah. You know, there is that, like, absolutely. And particularly over the last couple of years, we've seen that, like, things gotten crazy, you know? They, they sure have. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I mean, we're hoping that it stabilizes eventually. Yeah. Um, Naomi, a, a single person versus, versus a couple. Mm. Do you it's have hard, to be married? Yeah. You don't have to be married. Wow. No. <laughs> you hear that, guys? <laughs> um, what is the difference in approach for, from somebody who is single and somebody who is, who is in, in, in a relationship or buying a, a, yeah, a, a place it, with a significant other? Yeah, it, it goes. Like, realistically, you've got to talk yeah, to somebody. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose it does. It is harder to buy on your own, do you know? Uh, and again, it's where, where do you want to live, like, and what is affordable for you? Like, so typically we'll say if somebody was on. So if, you look at that with people. You're not. Oh, just, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. money. No, 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 okay. no, no, yeah. So, like, typically, I suppose if you had, uh, like, first-time buyer, um, single applicant on 50,000, you know, you're thinking, okay, you can borrow 200,000, and then just saying, well, what can I get for 200,000, and where do I want to live to be able to afford a house of 200,000? But then if you have your deposit on top of that, and then we'll say if there was the help to buy as well, or there was family support, like, it would it would get you up a little bit as well. It's the, you know, the first home scheme is there as well. Um, but um, th- that is the difference, I suppose, and it is significant if you're looking at a 400,000 mortgage or a 200,000 mortgage, like, for, for somebody trying to buy on their own. Like, it is difficult. But it, it, it does, you know, you break it back down to the income, you know. So typically, how much do I earn? What can I afford to pay back? What have I shown that I can afford to pay back? What are my other outgoings? Like, they're... The, you know, what about jobs where there's... People may work in commission-based jobs, you know? Yeah, yeah, we'd absolutely look at that. There's a lot of yeah. tech in Dublin. Yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. their fault. <laughs> you know, he, if you were selling ads... You know what I mean? And you have a base of 50,000 or 45,000, but then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I suppose like that again... You get commission on, yeah, on your sales, a, you know? you know, there's, con- you know even if, if you... If you, if you it was funny because actually it was a question that I actually, there was a couple of questions that I just put into Google today just to say what, what would come back out like. And there's there's an awful lot of uh, misleading information, I suppose, to say the banks won't take commission, they won't take overtime like, but we do. Oh. We do, yeah. So we typically, you know, when we're... When we're lending to a customer, we have to look at, like, the key is, like, what's sustainable in terms of income. Because when we're lending, like, we don't want a customer to be in a position to say, well, okay, they earned this last year, they earned that the previous year, but they might not earn that in the future. So what would happen to you if, like, if it was me, you know, and I was paying that back and then suddenly part of my income was cut? that's the risk like so it has to be sustainable so that's why we go and we look back the last two to three years to say what's the history of earnings like do you know yeah. um but yeah it would absolutely would be something that we would consider yeah yeah additional overtime variable we, income somebody asked what is the benefit of buying a fixer-upper that was my word uh, <laughs> over a new build oh yeah i think that's i think buying a fixer-upper has massive advantages because you can suss the neighborhood out that you're buying in whereas when you buy a new build you're often buying off the plans and you're not really sure how that development's going to look and how it's going to develop and if you like it or not um whereas with a fixer upper you can actually go for a wander on a saturday or in the evening time you can get a feel for the neighborhood you can get a feel for what the vibe is what the local schools are like and i think from that perspective it's it's really good you know uh and how relevant is a neighborhood for fixer uppers i think uh, <sighs> 
maybe it's irrelevant for <laughs> might be partially irrelevant for that but it's just your actual life and you you know where you're going to be living and you know how it's going to feel and all that sort of stuff you know and then when it comes to a fixer upper i suppose the big thing with the fixer upper then is is that you get to put your own stamp on the house basically like and often when you buy a new build like they're, they're often just like concrete floors you still have to put in new floors and you still have to do certain things so i suppose when you buy a fixer upper you can actually get the house that you want it might take you time to do that but it'll give you that opportunity to do that in a neighborhood that you like and it's near amenities and maybe people and friends and all that sort of stuff that's important to you like what Naomi yeah. was saying there earlier on you know and I think for me that'll be a huge thing for me I remember when I went looking when I was initially house hunting I went and I had a look at a development in Baldoyle and it was all off the plans and I was in a block and the block that I was in had been sold where the show houses were and it was actually they were selling then the units in the block next door that it was an apartment and I just thought to myself God like I'm not putting the deposit down on something that I can't even see see yeah. before I buy and that was a huge thing for me and I'm really glad I didn't and then I ended up buying in Port Marnock but like that I could get a feel for the place and the place I bought did need work done but it suited me because just from a budget perspective and all that sort of stuff you know out of my own curiosity uh, since we're in Dublin are there areas of Dublin you're noticing are popping like oh you gotta live in Kimmage man um, everyone wants to live in Kimmage you know I are you so seeing little bubbles or trends Dublin 7 for definite. Dublin 8 obviously is huge. Like, people want to live in Dublin 8. But Dublin 7 is... Like, say Cabra, for example. Like, 10 years ago, people wouldn't have really wanted to live in Cabra. Like, once they didn't, but, you Why know... Why not? Uh, but it's just... I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but it's totally... Come on, you know? And the Lewis has really helped, and, you know? Yeah. So that's one area for definite. The North Strand is another one. East Wall is another one. Like, they're just all so central to the city centre, and I think people just value that now, don't they? Being close to the city yeah. and stuff, you know? Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. And, anyway, this one's for you, I presume. What would you recommend? A joint savings account with your partner to apply for a mortgage or two separate accounts? Yeah, it, it actually doesn't really matter. Um, and again, I'd probably say, you know, um, like from the customer's perspective is that, you know, it's you don't want to have to manage and you don't want loads of accounts. So um, I think if you are saving separately, it's fine. And again, the whole thing about saving is just that it's consistent and it's not touched or withdrawn. Like um, sometimes where I'd see with a couple is that they might have, um, you might have one saver and one non-saver, like, you know, so they might just feed off, like, pay the rent, the bills from one account, and then the other person would, sorry, would save, sorry, <laughs> uh, would just save consistently, like, you know, but um, it's totally personal opinion whether you want a sole, like, as in a, a, you want to save together in one account, and sometimes what that can happen is that that account, if generally if it's current account, it can evolve into paying the mortgage and the utility bills. Um, but it do, it doesn't matter once we can once we we can we can see that you're saving really. Yeah, on what you said, this is sort of off the back of what you said earlier on. Um, I presume it's from a couple here. Naomi talked about the planning meeting. We are not at the point just yet to apply for a mortgage. Uh, we're probably about six months out. Should we have a meeting now? Or wait before we are actually applying? No. Does the value of the deposit yeah. change based on bidding? Does the value of the deposit change, change? based on bidding? Okay. Um, I mean, they look like two questions in the one email. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with the, the meeting. They, they reckon they're six months away. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it probably goes back from what I was saying initially is that that first meeting is massive, you know, because, you know, like you might think, you know, OK, no, we, we're going to buy a house in, in six to twelve months, so we don't really need to go and talk to the bank until then. But you don't actually know, am I, am I putting the right measures in place, like to, to be to become mortgage ready so that when I when you know, because then you can kind of get excited thinking, well, we're we're doing this. But, you know, when you come to the bank saying, well, actually, no, you 
probably need to do this now and you're kind of probably just delaying the process so the, 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 I can't emphasise enough the, the importance of whether it's now or 12 months time and it goes back to even what I was saying there from the outset was that couple that I met that yeah. bought their first home and uh, it, it just stood out to me because you know I met them in January do you know but I love those meetings where you know you put a plan in place and okay come back to me in six to nine months time or when you're ready where they were here but um uh, the mortgage will sail through, will sail through. We'll, right. we'll, I will never, ever, ever have an issue getting a mortgage approved. Yeah, it's a long process. Uh, yeah. Shay, the best way to save when renovating, because it's expensive. Yeah, to save money. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I think if you're savvy about it and if you put a really, really good brief together and you're very, very clear on what you want, like that's a huge thing. I often meet clients and they kind of start the project and then they make changes during the project and some of the work that has already been done has to be undone and then redone to the way they now want it. I see this so on these silly shows on television. Yeah. Our budget was 25,000 <laughs> and we ended up spending 110. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So, um, absolutely. So that's a big problem, you know. Yeah. And then the other thing is like just shop around and be somewhat savvy about it um and then like just some things that you can definitely do like some people are comfortable say stripping out the house so that might be taking up old carpets old floors skirting boards off walls and getting it ready then for the builders that are coming in and doing the work you know so there are just some ways i suppose and then like when you're trying to procure products like say sanitary wear and tiles and stuff like that there might be sales and stuff on and you might see something that you like in a sale and then the other side of it is and it's not particularly from a money saving perspective always but I think there is this desire to want everything now like I want all of these things now and I want this house to be perfect when I move in but I think it's really really important to like consider how you want the house to look at the very end and then do the works that you have to do right now so that might mean like getting your kitchen and say dining space like in perfect condition getting your bedroom in perfect condition getting your bathroom in perfect condition but the spare bedrooms like you might need to do that into those spare bedrooms you know so that's just another thing to bear in mind so saving money paramount absolutely we all love to save money but then the other thing is like don't overwhelm yourself and expect yourself to have this perfect house do it in stages pick the rooms that are the, the, the main priority for you and then kind of work that work it on then from there like maybe you want to do up the guest room maybe you want to do up the sitting room next whatever the case is are you seeing any particular areas with big long waiting lists because of builders and whatnot is there anything um, that's oh it's going to be 10 months before i can no, do no you know that's sort of simmered a little bit to be completely honest like lads are busy but i i haven't really had much of a difficulty now getting subcontractors in to do work for me but I do know that it needs to be organised so if you've agreed there that someone's going to be like in your house on the 4th of December let's just say to install a new heating system for you and if for some reason that job isn't ready for them on the 4th of December you could be waiting until the 4th of January to get them so there is a little bit of that and you just kind of go back to the end of the queue but by and large I think that's that, that crazy thing that we saw there yeah and like what we were saying about those crazy bids on some houses I do think that that's pull them back a bit and I know guys that would have had say three, four, five, six months of work ahead of them now some of these guys have one, two, three months of work ahead of them so it's a little bit different in that mm -hmm. sense and like the crazy construction costs that we saw and they were spiking and going mental things have totally simmered you know um, in the sense that yeah. they're high absolutely they're high and they're not <coughs> dropping all that quickly but I suppose the advantage is that they're not continuously just getting higher probably higher. leveled off a little they're bit they're leveled yeah, off we do, yeah we do a lot of self-builds yeah um, I would probably do a lot as well been from the Midlands. 
Mm. Yeah. But um, it's definitely a country thing, I think. But um, if anybody here is thinking about building, um, definitely come and talk to us. Um, is there more bang for your buck in the self-build? Um, yeah, I suppose when when you're looking at a build, you know, like, you know, typically you're looking at do I do I own the site or like a lot of what I would see is that there's a family gift in a site, which is fantastic, you know, because the site can be used as your equity. Um one thing actually that I came across the other day on it was just on a podcast but because uh, I do listen to see what other information is out there for people because it can be so daunting and so confusing but um, um, the big thing with a, a self build with EBS is that we'll allow for the contingency in the build so generally if you go to a lender they'll say well you need your deposit that could be your site but then you also need 10% or 20% on contingency like whereas we would build that in to the costing so that we we know we're comfortable to say, well, okay, that if there's overruns, because anything can happen on a project, you know, and like I've seen it, um, that that we've costed it, that we've allowed for that extra little bit on it, you know. Um, but uh, a build is, is yeah, it, it, it is different. Like the, the principles of, of the mortgage piece are the same in terms of how much can I borrow and can I build for that? Like that's probably the one key piece is that when you're building, um, that really what 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 we what need to ensure to protect the customer as well, I suppose, is the bank is that you can build it for X amount. So if you come in with a three or four hundred thousand cost that we're comfortable to say, okay, and then it can, probably goes back, yeah. you know, which is well, you probably, you know, then the cost to build as well, like per, yeah. per square meter. But at one stage point. it was just crazy. Like it was, yeah, sense definitely. I was saying, to, yeah, like I was saying to clients, like, look, traditionally a 10% contingency. And then at one point I was saying to people 25%. Because yeah. they were getting costings done today, the work mightn't have been happening for three or six months, mm. and it was just everything just got so expensive and just went mental, you know. So yeah. it was just for peace of mind. So, like we're just saying, they have definitely yeah. simmered, you know. The, the other thing, probably, that I just want to say as well is that you know a lot of people think that we won't lend for a, a doer upper, just with what the question that came in there for Shay, like whereas we absolutely will, do you know? So if you want to buy a home and do it up, we'll allow for that. I know, I, I don't know if that was a question that came in, like, but um, I think a lot of people, uh, you know, they're surprised to say, because I know some banks won't touch uh, a, a property that, that needs work on it, like, whereas we absolutely will. Like, so we lend you sufficient money t- towards buying the home and then okay. also to do it up. So wh- what we'd look at there really is, like, what would be the value of the property post-works? Like, so when all the works are done, what's your loan to value? Like, you know, and that kind of goes back to your 90% threshold. Like, so that's what we would be looking at, post-works value. But we love them. Like, they're great. I actually did a, bought a doer-upper a few years ago. Like, but it's still, it's, it's still a doer-upper. <laughs> we're doing it in phases, Naomi, yeah, are you? Yeah, we do. We do. Kind of we go goes from room into, to room. Like, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the next question is, uh, from an email, is 10% deposit enough for the first-time buyer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that enough? So, so 10%, yeah, typically, but then just allow for, like, yeah. you know, what kind of what hidden fees might be, you know, that you might consider would be, like, your legal costs, like your, your outlet with your solicitor, like, you know, sure. uh, valuation fees, stamp duty. So just make sure that you have enough to cover that, you know. Um, I make a lot of mistakes, and I didn't write this email. What is the major assumption when applying for a mortgage that applicants commonly um, make? Mistakes or assumptions? Yeah, again, it probably uh, I might have touched on it there a little bit. Uh, um, you know, you, you think, okay, I'm saving a thousand euros a month, like, but you're not really like, or I, I, I was saving thousand euros a month there, but then I took out. 3,000 just to go on holidays there. Will that impact my more? You know, little things like that. Like, do you know, so, you know, we'll, we'll allow a certain amount, like, you know, like, 
you might have like dentistry or medical or like one-off expenses like you know we'll allow for that because that's what happens you know that can happen but I think if you're just consistent with your saving but again I always say like don't assume like come and talk to us as early as possible don't assume you're putting all the right measures in place I know someone place. who's in the process of looking into getting a mortgage <coughs> I bought a car in the last say six months and they went in it wasn't devious and it was somewhere else but they were just told no because of yeah, 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 yeah. Crazy. Loan, like, they're yeah. getting married, and there was a few little. Pe- there was a few gifts that they got, and they put into the savings account, and then they spend some money on the wedding out of the savings account, and exactly yeah. like that, it's yeah. it's actually caused them a bit of trouble, and it's kicked everything back by six months on them. So yeah, that's why I think that planner meeting is but just yeah, so important, like even you know? during that period of time, like if there's anything, like I'd have customers that would would reach out to me and say, look at. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about doing this or do you know I, I need to change my car how will that impact <clears throat> and you know the chances are is that you know we can we can rerun the figures again and say okay well you can actually you know you're there's there's enough income there for you to be able to afford a car loan like you know so like like I would say like even from from that piece from that initial piece until you're you're like if it's six or twelve months time, if anything changes, like just to reach back out to us and say, look, we're thinking about doing this, or yeah, that was like a, question. Like a wedding as well, like you know, like that's a massive, yeah. massive outlay. Somebody as wants well. to know if I change my job. If I change my job during the time when we're getting our documents submitted, will that impact uh, what we can or afford or will be offered? Yeah. So, uh, like I've I've seen that I've had it. Like, Do you get uh, more? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it can depend. Like, you know, I mean, like fixed term contracts, like, or people on probation period, like, you know, that, that would be a big question. Like, you know, how would that impact me? Or like, I want to change jobs. So kind of like, and it goes back to probably what I was saying there earlier about sustainability of income. Like, and it, are you changing role in terms of the same industry? Like, so, you know, we, we would have a look at that as well. Like, you know, so absolutely. Absolutely. And what about the the, the, the <laughs> freelancer? Is that a different approach to the person who's just... Yeah, the self-employed piece. Yeah. yeah. It, probably, like, it's more around the documentation that we'd be looking at, like, you know, so we'd be looking for somebody who's, like, two years, um, two years set of accounts generally. But, like, I'd have people like that might be in construction industry and they've gone from POIE to being a subcontractor for tax reasons, you know. So, um, like, again, like... I, you know, we'd always, we'd never say no to anything like that. Like if, if ideally two years set of accounts is what we'd look at, but then again, it goes back to what were you doing before? Like, so we'd just look at the trend of the income leading up to the mortgage application. I, I was self-employed. <laughs> Talking too much of me. Yeah, but I was self-employed when I applied for a mortgage and just for that person. And I suppose like I, I went and I did that planner meeting really when I wasn't ready to buy at all, but I just went just out of interest. And I found that just so motivating because I realized, okay, this is the income I need. In order to have that income, I need the business to be doing X amount. And it just gave me a great focus, I have to say. And it really pulled me forward, you know. So, And it was like that. It was two years. Yeah, two, two years. Two years yeah. accounts, you know. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was great, I have to say. So I just saw the benefits of that. I know sometimes you can see the negatives and things. But for me, it very much just motivated me kind of just to, you know, get myself together, get myself focused and then buy, you know. Mm. Well, this could be for you then, Shay. Is there... Uh are there schemes slash help in place for a single person, brackets, 24, <laughs> 24, come on, yeah. to buy a house <laughs> that is not a new build? Um, I think... You mentioned schemes, and we were yeah, talking about schemes earlier on. Like, realistically, I suppose, if they bought a property that was, that had either been, I suppose, vacant for the two years that I mentioned, the Creek Conaghy grant, or if it was derelict, um, 
they could get fifty thousand euro in the case of a vacant home or seventy thousand euro in the case of a derelict home. You but say guess. Where do you get it from? Oh, yeah. How do you get 70 yeah, grand? Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> it's not as easy as it sounds. It's just an email, is it? Um, you just email Daryl O'Brien and say, what's the story? What's the story yeah. with that? That's an email, right? Yeah, what's that 70 grand Shay Lally's talking about? <laughs> you obviously deal with that a lot in, in your line of work. Yeah. Like, you know, how, yeah. Is it really, really difficult? Look, you can get the form, you download the form. Um, it's a specific... Specific form, uh, the costings have to be done out in a very specific way, um, and I suppose there's certain kind of criteria. So you can only say spend a certain amount against certain things. So for example, I think it's like two and a half or three and a half thousand euro towards skirting boards, and there's a certain amount that you can only spend on painting and stuff. So you can't just go in and claim it to get you know the cost of say putting floors, skirtings, and painting the house and get your fifty grand for that. It kind of has to be proportionate around all of the various different works. So there's a checklist. Kind of getting back to what you're saying. So there's a checklist checklist you have to obviously have the application form and that has to be completed properly you have to have a costing to support the number so you have to have a contractor to give you a costing and i know for clients that i've done it for you have to then provide a letter as well um so in the, in the past for clients i've put the the quotation together and then i've put the letter together so that was that part of it and then you as an individual you have to provide your kind of i suppose tax clearance certificate mm. is my understanding of it there might be a, a more up-to-date version of that and then the other thing is that, that proof that the property has been um, derelict or empty for the can you share that years. with contractors say look I'm going for the grant can you write me a yeah. cost estimate yeah yeah. and they yeah. go cha-ching that'll be 30 grand for that garden there <laughs> <laughs> but can you split it up that way so they see how much it's going to cost you know yeah you can you can just divvy out certain things out of their overall cost so let's just say for example it's 100 grand the work you can divvy out then 50 grand towards of what you're going to put the, yeah. the grant in towards you know but it is good but there is like like a lot of these things you're not going to get 50 grand for nothing you know so there is like a rigmarole involved to be fair you know yeah and it seems to be a bit of a slow burner you know so if you want to get into a house and move into it and you're in a tight timeline that grant mightn't be for you, you know. You need to kind of have a couple of months on your hands to kind of go through the motions and apply for it. And you might get a bit of kickback and you might have to reapply. That all takes time, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's a, that's a huge thing. Can't really um, rely on it, you know, no, overall for, well, no. definitely for funding piece. Like if you yeah. were coming in and, you know, you're hoping that that would form part yeah. of a deposit, like yeah. it, it, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. The have to buy does, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's there. Um I guess, though, it just means that you could buy potentially a property, depending on where you live, like you could buy potentially a derelict or a vacant property and it could be up for 150 grand, say somewhere like Longford or Leitrim or Roscommon, if you're living in those parts. And then you could get that 50,000 euro to renovate it. The cost of labour is cheaper in some parts of the country. And as a result, then that money will go further and that will go towards renovating it. The only challenge is is that you'd have to find a way of financing the construction work because you get the money back basically at the end. You can't, like what Naomi was saying about stage payments, there's no stage payments with it, it's just you get it back in a lump. You have to spend it to get it back. Yeah, you have to, exactly. And then also if you sell the house within a a certain period of time, you'd have to repay some of that money. So there are certain rules and regulations around it. Great. Well, that will be one for someone who's young, you know. Yeah. Shay Lally, Naomi Battle. That's all our time. This here for the guys, ladies and gentlemen. I would just like to let you know this. The folks from EBS, uh, there's a couple of uh, mortgage masters hanging around. They're going to be hanging around. If you're grabbing a drink, please do stay with us. You guys have red EBS lanyards on, isn't it? Helps us identify it. So thank you very much uh, for coming. I'm Derek Wilty. Have a good night. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Thank you.